welcome to Arrow Devastation, a weekly Magic the Gathering podcast where we talk all things Magic the Gathering. I'm your host, Joe Loudon, and with me always is Sam Neil. Hiya. How are you doing, Sam? Doing pretty well, thank you. I've had a very nice day. Awesome, cool. I've uh, not watched, well, I've barely watched any of the Pro Tour. Uh-oh. Went out for falafel. Nice. Then got some ice cream. Nice. And had a barbecue. Great. <laughs> so, lots of preparation for this week's episode all about the Pro Tour. Absolutely, yeah. I've uh, I watched, like, so much magic. I haven't. <laughs> I know what's going on. I've been keeping up to date. Yeah. <laughs> How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, just uh, pretty much just finished the the end of the Pro Tour now. Um, mm-hmm. I say that that last match was fantastic. Like we'll talk about it when we come to our, our main topic this week. But pretty much just nonstop watched the Pro Tour all weekend and Sweet. enjoyed every minute of it. Mm-hmm. So outside of your minimum Pro Tour watching, have you been playing much Magic this week? Uh, played a bit. Yeah, done a couple of drafts online. Awesome. Format's still sweet. Yeah, every week until we stop playing Dominaria Arrow because it's great. Yeah, I uh, agree. I played the Turbo Druid deck at FNM. Yeah, and how did that go? Went 2 2. Uh, that's, that's not bad. <laughs> played around where game three, my opponent resolved a turn one uh, Pithy Needle naming Walking Ballista. Ah. And I conceded. Yeah. <laughs> Seems sensible. Because I hadn't brought it in my Reclamation Surge and my Jacentus Deliverance. Because oh. I didn't think that my opponent had. Because I hadn't seen them game two. Mm. And we played like a fairly long game two. It's like, oh, okay, that's fine. Yeah. I'll lose. <laughs> <laughs> Lost on turn one. Um, it happens. Yeah, it happens. I, I've been. Uh, no, I'm not really playing much Magic. Okay. How cool. about you? Um, yeah, I've played a fair bit. Um, mostly just doing like back-to-back Dominaria sealed leagues on Magic Online. Because they're like sixty play points, right? Yeah, sixty play points for Phantom One, and yes. like the format is just absolutely fantastic. Format's great. Yeah, like yeah, I, th- I think I'd, I'd go, at this point I'd just say it's, it's definitely the best sealed format I've ever played. One hundred percent. Like I, c- I couldn't say for sure about draft. It's definitely up there for draft, but mm-hmm. sealed. Like I'll play the sealed format like as long as I physically can. Yeah, it's just gas. Like I'm enjoying it all the time. Like do- doing any of the uh, sealed cues online is just great. Yeah, I think like my best play this week was Ursa's Tome on the battlefield. Sweet. And uh, a Eldest Reborn on the battlefield as well. I'm stuck on mana a bit, so I'm, I'm missing the white mana that I need to cast the Teferi in my hand. Yeah. And my upkeep activate Urza's Tome, uh, discarding Teferi. Okay. Eldest Reborn triggers, I get my Teferi Sweet. from my graveyard on the battlefield if I ever haven't cast it. <laughs> so good. So good. So, I mean, obviously that sort of thing doesn't happen every every time, but great. I just love the fact that you can do things like that in this format. And Yeah, that's sweet. It seems to be like, I don't know, like every limited environment that I've seen, like every limited game I've seen, somebody's got like a planeswalker. Every draft pod I've seen, there's been like a planeswalker or two. Like, mm-hmm. it's been fantastic. Yeah, it's been really good. Hopefully those planeswalkers weren't giant ballad. Yeah, no, like, no. God sucks. Yeah, I think the less we we talk about Jaya Ballard, the uh, the better. I think she's so. Oh, every time, like, I see one of like I've, I think I've opened two in drafts. Yeah, it's like, dude, this just no, this doesn't count. <laughs> this sucks. Come on. Yeah, that's. I think that's the worst part about it. It's like not even playable and limited, really, mm-hmm. which is pretty bad for a planeswalker. Like, yeah, planeswalker is meant to be just like the best card you can open, right? Yeah, or the least like be be good, be you know, be like a playable card, like a card that you'd be <laughs> you'd be happy in your in your twenty three, you know? Yeah, and you open it and don't go, oh. <laughs> yeah, like open it and I'm most likely just going to pass it. Yep, absolutely. Oh well. So let's see if I open one of this booster pack, right? Awesome. Yeah, it's about time for our <laughs> cracker pack this week. Yeah. So this pack I went and bought from Forbidden Planet in Birmingham and uh, the guy that sold it to me assured me there was a foil card in it mm. so if it isn't true I'm going to get my money back yeah <laughs> pretty nice of him to, to assure you that yeah right 3 9 at this basically yeah it's a lot of money right okay first card unwind nope <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I, I just I just still don't even really like the card like no I just wish we had negate in the format like I sort of sideboard that occasionally yeah yeah this isn't great yeah it's you're right like it's a sideboard card at mm-hmm. best really and yeah. like even then like I'm, I'm never never ever gonna first pick this nope <laughs> not even slightly <laughs> cool uh, adamant will uh, two mana tiger gets plus two plus two and indestructible yeah I think it's it's definitely better than uh, than unwind but still yeah. not something I would be happy first picking yeah, it's not great I think I pl- like I'll, I'll play it but I'd rather pick them up later. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a nice combat trick, and mm-hmm. uh, as always, like, I'll comment on the art and say the art is very, very nice in it. Like, the art's dope. And sweet. the player text is sweet. Yeah, but it's not pack one, pick one of all. No, and uh, neither is Warlord's Fury, right? 
Oh, no, definitely not, no. First Strike. Yeah. What is this card for? I don't understand. Warlord's Fury. Yeah. yeah. Uh, First Strike is <clears throat> an end of turn draw card. I would assume that it's it's trying to go in the Wizards deck, maybe. Got a bit of rider on it. It does, so, yeah. I don't know. That's card sucks. No. Again, nice art, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not playable. Definitely. But this card's fairly respectable, Mammoth Spider. Yeah, totally. It's certainly it's the pick so far. far. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's got a little scratch on it right around the pack as well. Oh, could be a factory damage there. Yay! Makes my common worth even less. <laughs> uh, the next card, Stronghold Confessor. Uh, I think the Mammoth Spider is just better still. Yeah, like I've played this, um, like, it's okay. Like a 1 mana 1 1 1 1 with Menace is crap. Yeah. And then, like, uh, a 4 mana 3 3 with Menace is fine it's definitely better yeah but it's still not it's still not where i want to be no like i uh, i haven't really found myself playing the card a lot like if i've even like if i've been in those colors like i've had a couple played against mm-hmm. me and it it rarely feels good like getting it down on turn one it just feels like i don't know it just just feels bad yeah and then it gets fungal infected right and yeah <laughs> okay next card cold water snapper uh it's certainly better than stronghold confessor but i don't know exactly. maybe i'm still just on the on the mama spider yeah, I think I prefer the green decks, like, going into it. Yeah, I mean, 6 mana 4 5 of Hexproof is, like, it's, it's good. certainly it's good. playable. Like, mm-hmm. Hexproof on, on anything is great and limited. Um, yeah. On a 4 5 in this format, it's pretty good as well. Like, yeah. uh, the worst, you could always get, a, get some equipment or an enchantment and, you know, maybe something that gives it flying and then, you you know, you're off to a race is there, but... I don't know. I'm not. A, I'm not a massive fan of this card. It's been sweet. Like I've been picking them up, but I'm not picking it this early. Yeah, I think. I think the the thing that sort of excuse my opinion on it really is it's nothing to do with the card it's, itself or the playability of the card itself. It's more the fact that hexproof on common in, in limited environment never never feels good. What do you mean? Like. I, I, just, I, just, I just think it's it's bad for limited to have hexproof on common creatures. Like save that, sure. save that for the rares or mythics for sure. But oh, I don't know. It just always always feels bad. I think. Yeah, I feel that. Staring I, I mean, down I, a staring down a hexproof creature, like whatever it is. Yeah. Okay. I feel you. I mean, uh, I mean, obviously, there's no reflection on the card itself. Like it's yeah. it is definitely a decent playable card. But uh, I don't know. I I feel like I maybe still just on the uh, on the mammoth spider here sure well maybe a wind grace acolyte will change your opinion 5 mana 3 2 yep fine uh, when it's battlefield mill 3 and gain 3 yeah again like I, th- I think it's fine like I I'm probably still on the giant spider yeah giant spider beats this as well yeah so that's it okay. I think put them in the arena like giant spider is going to block that all day long <laughs> but I, top of the side. I don't think the wind grace acolyte is too bad a card no it's fine um, I'm definitely going to say it's Gideon's approach so far though oh yeah Gideon's approach definitely going to slam that that's here good. I think actually good yeah yeah. yeah, okay, that, we don't have to talk about that much. Like, removing is good. This is a good remote, white removal spell. It's not the best one, but I'm taking it. Yeah, absolutely. Oh no, the pack's memeing on me. What have we got next? Navigator's Compass. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Uh, We're not taking it. We're so <laughs> so here's, a, here's probably a, a good point to jump in and sort of sidetrack slightly. Okay. So Navigator's, Navigator's Point Compass is, like, yeah. a fairly terrible card. Really bad. However, uh, the first draft for, uh, for the, this uh, Proto Dominaria mm-hmm. Sam Black played a deck with Navigator's Compass yep. not just one Navigator's Compass not two Navigator's Compass but three Navigator's Compass that's entirely too many it was it was something to behold definitely so mm-hmm. Sam Black pretty much just took any legend like any legendary card that was good or at the very least playable sure Managed to get a, a Mox Amber and then three Navigators Compass and somehow made this this just amazing like five color deck work. Okay, I mean if you get like because the problem with Navigators Compass is it it like it's just not a card. Yeah, exactly. Like it's worse than a basic land most of the time. Yeah, but I suppose if you're if most of the rest of your cards are individually that powerful because most of the legendary creatures are just nuts. Absolutely, yeah. I guess it sort of makes up for it and like then it makes your mana good to cast. So like you're playing um you're going down card advantage and playing a non card. Yeah, but the rest of your deck is massively compensating because they're all slightly more powerful than they should be yeah absolutely i think that it it is it's such a niche corner case but Mm -hmm. if you are to play that card like i think i think it has to be in that deck um yeah like five color like incredibly powerful cards yeah definitely like not just yeah he had like like gyros in there um like Mm -hmm. he was was playing like primeval's glorious rebirth like oh jeez yeah all sorts of like just cards that you would never see being played together ever but it it just it, it just worked so I definitely recommend anybody who wants to see that in action, go go look that up. Sam Black's Protoa Dominaria Draft 1. I mean, it is also Sam Black, and 
he was also a very very good magic player. Exactly. So. Yeah, it's it's something that I I might have to give a go, give it a go in one of my drafts, but I'm I'm not expecting similar results at all. Yeah, I'm expecting to have fun, not to do well. Absolutely. Uh, right, next card. Yes. Fungal infection. Ooh, that's good. It's very good. Yeah, uh, I I think personally I'm still just on the Gideon's reproach, but yeah, it's better. I I do respect fungal infection quite a lot. Yeah, I mean I tend to. Um, I tend to treat more as a combat trait than an actual removal spell. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and most of the time it can be minus two, minus two, right? Yeah. Because you get the blocker. Yeah. Um, it's fine, but yeah, I think the reproach is still better so far. Yeah, I agree. And we have our first uncommon. Weight of memory. Five mana draw three. Yeah. And target player mills three. I think Gideon's approach is still just better here. Yeah, I think, like, I don't know, I've normally been a fan of these sort of cards, because, like, this format's quite slow, right? Yeah. I've normally been a fan of these cards in slow formats, but this one just, I don't know, it doesn't seem to cut it. I'd rather just have Divination. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's something I've debated with players quite quite a bit ever since the format, well, ever since the set came out. And mm-hmm. I, I think I am fully with you there. Like, Weight of Memory seems, like, it seems fine, but I would rather pick a Divination over it. I just, Absolutely. Yeah, I think I'd just rather play a Divination. Yeah. Oh, we have another non-card. Oh, what have we got? Guy's Blessing. Yeah, that's oh. just a, a straight easy no on that one, I think. That can join Navigator's Compass on the other side of the table. Yep. That card sucks. Uh, we have our legendary, Grun the Lonely Troll. Lonely Troll, Lonely King. I always get it mixed up with Thrun. <laughs> it's the, uh, it's the Lonely King. Lonely King. Ah, oh, uh, it's, it's pretty good. Big boy, yeah. Yeah. And, huh? Yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to probably gonna go with Grun on this one, I think. Yeah, it's, it's a mighty a, a4 here. I don't know, it's, it's double green, though. It is double green, so it does kind of like lock you in, but I mean, um, if we're it, putting it in the arena with Gideon's Reproach, then it survives. <laughs> sure. I mean, like, the chance of getting through this, it doesn't have any evasion. No. Like, you've just got a big guy, and then they'll just, like, trump it with a sapling, and you feel kind of bad. Yeah, yeah. but I think even still, like, a like six mana 5-5, five, five, well, mm-hmm. like a six mana 10-10, ten, ten, really, like... Is it's still like pretty a, good. Like it's a nine minutes continuing. Uh, well, yeah, I guess so. If yeah, if it's kicked, it's a nine minute ten ten. But yeah, if it's yeah. not kicked, it attacks alone. Like, ten, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's. I think I think Grunt's pretty good. Sure, I think I'll probably take Reproach still. Sure. Oh boy, what's the rare? Uh, the first eruption. Oh. oh no. So, do you want to read out the first eruption for for those that might not know what it is? Oh my god! Right, <laughs> first eruption, two and a red. Yeah. Uh, as the saga enters, and after your draw step, add a law counter, sacrifice after three. Yes. <laughs> uh, one, the first version deals one damage to each creature without flying. Cool. Number two, yep. add your red. Yep. Number three, sacrifice a mountain. If you do, the first eruption deals three damage to each creature. <laughs> cool. So that's... Uh, God, it's so bad. Yeah, pretty much unplayable, I think. Yep. Yeah, that's sweet. Yeah. Big fan of the art on this card, but Jesus... Yeah, same. Like, like I, I like the the idea of it, and it, it does. It tells a story very well, which is yeah, kind of the whole cool. point of the saga cards. And the art is sweet, but in this limited environment, I think it is just pretty much unplayable, unfortunately. Oh man, we got a combo in sealed though. Yeah, what do we get? I got basic mountain. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I can sacrifice to that absolutely yeah. terrible. <laughs> they can go there. No. Oh. That was disappointing. So, what, what was your pick there? Are you still in the Gideon's approach? For your back approach yeah, I think so. Cool. I, th- I think I'm, I'm going to go Crone. Like, I can't say no to that that big ape. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, to be fair, he is pretty menacing. Like, yeah. I wish he had menace. That'd be sweet. Yeah. Like, if he hadn't menace, that would just be. You'd have to be a red out of menace, right? Uh, probably. But anyway, actually, be playable, so that'd be fine. Yeah. <laughs> Fair I think enough. my point with like with this podcast is for me to just berate your picks every week. <laughs> it's like, no, that's rubbish. What are you doing? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I'm probably dead wrong. Like, I've yet, to, I've yet to three nil the format in like either seal or draft. Well, I've, I've done plenty of two ones, but yeah, I just just can't seem to get there. I mean, I should have, I should have a trophy by now. Yeah, but I decided to punt. Oh no, what happened? Um, I thought there was a card in my deck that wasn't. Uh-oh. Uh, so it was one of the decks where I was drawing my entire deck pretty yeah. much every game. And I thought it was a card in my deck that won me the game, so I uh, drew all the cards in my library. Yeah. I was like, oh, sweet, I'll find it. And it turns out it was in my graveyard. <laughs> so I'd already cast it and had it killed. Oh, uh, no. And then, uh, so I lost that game in the game three, I ran out of time. Yeah. Uh. Because I thought I didn't need time because I thought I was winning on the spot. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Oh, well. I'm bad at, I'm bad at magic. It's Lessons fine. learned. <laughs> oh, man. So, we have a lot to talk about this week. We do, yeah. Should we and move on to our card of the week before you get on to yeah. our main topic? I guess our card of the week kind of plays into our main topic a bit. It, yeah, I'd say they, both our cards do this week, definitely. So, which makes sense to go first? Yours or mine? Let's go Let's go with mine, I think. Mm-hmm. So, my card this week is Khan, yeah. a Scion of Urza. Yeah, that's a pretty good card. 
So for those who don't know, it's a, a four mana that colorless planeswalker. Uh, should I say four generic mana? I guess colorless oh, planeswalker. Legendary planeswalker. Legendary planeswalker. Khan. Yeah. Oh, it's your Khan of the week. How do you not know? It? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so it comes in with five loyalty, and plus one, reveal the top two cards of your library. An mm-hmm. opponent chooses one of them, put that card into your hand, and exile the other with a silver counter on it. Yep. You can minus one, put a card you own with a silver counter on it from exile into your hand. Yep. Or minus two, create a zero zero colorless construct artifact creature token with this creature gets plus one plus one for each artifact you control. Uh, multi format all star, very good card. Yeah, absolutely, very good card, which is the reason why it's my card of this week of the week to be honest. And mm-hmm. so before the pro. Tour, I guess sort of going into the Pro Tour there was a lot of talk about Khan and everybody seemed to be like you know th- this is this is going to be the card that defines this weekend like it's a four mana colourless planeswalker that can just fit into any deck like every deck's yep. just going to play this card there's going to be like you know 32 copies of it in the top eight Mm-hmm. Like buy your cons now because it's gonna it's gonna go silly or you know the opposite it's gonna get banned. Yep. And I just yeah I think I was pretty adamant on like the cards fine like there's mm-hmm. it's, there's not a problem with it at all like in any format. Yep. It's a very good card. Mm-hmm. But it's a very I feel like it's a, it's a very fair card as well at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's not doing anything busted. It's just like very efficiently costed has a very good loyalty for what it does like interact well with the cards you're trying to play it with yeah totally it's not like <laughs> nothing about it makes it busted yeah I agree there's been you know a lot of, there was a, a large outcry from people so going into the Pro Tour weekend saying you know oh, the card should be banned it's <coughs> it's too good it's too powerful it's too expensive and yeah, yeah I just kind of wanted to I guess try to negate some of those points and just show that like it, it's it's not busted like at all like it's a very uh, it's a very super. good card and that's absolutely fine like it's okay to have good cards it's okay mm-hmm. to have great cards that are playable yep. but you cast that on turn 4 or even in like your Yolanda War Elves deck you're going to cast it on like turn 3 yeah. and then it's going to sit there and slowly help you win the game like yeah. it's not like something like Smuggler's Copter is the card that I was seeing being compared to quite a lot which was like an aggressively costed pushed card that came down on curve dealt like three damage per turn to your opponent and helped you dig for more threats yep like again like Smuggler's Copter didn't say you know you win the game on it like so you don't instantly win the game the turn you play it but Yep. That card was going to kill you a lot faster than than Khan ever will. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, yeah, I just don't think that was a fair comparison. And the fact that you can play Khan in any deck is, I think it's it's pretty. I think it's it's a pretty good point. It sort of helps with the sort of flexibility of the card and diversity of the card. You, you can play it in a multiple multiple different decks, but mm-hmm. there are some decks that just don't want it. Like you don't want to be running this in your your black red deck. You don't want to be running it in your your mono red deck. Like it's not yeah, sure. going to help you in the way that it helps you in the other decks and the other strategies I mean it looks like the top 8 of the Pro Tour proved you right yeah absolutely yeah so in the top 8 of the Pro Tour we had equal number of cons as the were Angrafts played in the, in the top 8 this week so literally your favourite card of all time so yeah it's uh, I, I just I just don't think that if they did ban this card it would be justifiable like at all no like it's seen not no play but it's seen very little play um, yeah absolutely the card's seeing much more play than it it's perfectly fair it's doing a lot more busted stuff in an eternal format than it is in standard yeah absolutely I, guess, I still think the, the best home for it is, is just vintage like yeah, the yeah. vintage decks that I've seen it being played in like mm-hmm. absolutely ridiculous using that minus two ability straight away like is sick yeah definitely because you can you, you can just get you know super aggro if you're playing in like, a, like an artifact or a heavy shops deck or something like it's a very good card then it yep. does a lot more work there than it does in standard arguably to, to help you win the game yeah absolutely like it's just it's it's putting results in all the formats um, it's very reasonable as a cyber card in Affinity yeah. um, it's very good just in the in like the prison decks that are playing Sarian Bridges and stuff where yeah. you're just playing a lot of artifacts and then you just have Khan um, same in Legacy and just don't yeah Khan's fine <laughs> yeah I, I agree absolutely so like speaking of potentially banworthy cards yeah we have a card that was my card of the week yeah that had 28 copies in the top 8 of the <laughs> yes it did yeah yeah. And that card is Goblin Chain Whirler. Yeah, it's probably like the breakout card of the, of the weekend, really. Like the yeah, best card of the tournament, I think. Yeah, quite probably. I think it's very. I think it's fairly close between Goblin Chain Whirler and, and Glorybringer, but mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. the the total number of Chain Whirlers that were being played, like main deck yep. in total over the weekend, it's ridiculous. Like we saw, like the mono red decks and like the black red deck, especially like do pretty well at like GP Birmingham. Mm-hmm. And then 
coming from that into the Pro Tour, it was quite clearly like it's the standout creature of the weekend, definitely. Yeah, like just these, like the aggro builds, right? Of, so, like Mono Red, just the aggro version, and like the red black decks, well, six red black decks in the top eight were all playing Bomacro. Yeah. Um, and then one was playing like a big version. Yeah. But um, yeah, that card's just everywhere, and like, <sighs> is it a problem? I, I don't think it is currently so i think it's again it's it's a very good card i would say it's it's probably as good as khan like they do very different things yeah goblin chain will is is gonna get you there you know get you winning the game faster than khan would but i think they they are probably they're probably fairly comparable like power level in if you're talking about in terms of like what they actually do to help you sort of progress the game and win the game like yep. Goblin Chain Willer coming down and dealing that one damage to each opponent's creature is like really really relevant like if you're if you're playing something like the, the mirror match where if your opponent's playing like Bullmap Couriers or um, like Earthshaker Kenra's like that kind of, kind of thing mm-hmm. it's going to do some damage there like it also helps keep like your opponents like Chandra under control as well yep. and then you also have the, the other thing of where it slightly I don't know I feel like it slightly warps the format because you it just means you can't play like Animal Elves, really. I mean, that's fine, because we're all worried about one Animal Elves, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. You just can't play one toughness creatures right now. Yeah, totally. Actually, that's not true, is it? Ah, uh, no. I mean, the winner of the Pro Tour is playing some one toughness creatures, so maybe maybe that's a bit of an overstatement. Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's a difference in playing, like, Beaumont Couriers and Yagro deck, and then playing, like, tokens and, like, sapling strategies, and even, like, st- like playing Lanoir Elves. I think that, I think Lanoir Elves is probably the, the card that's affected most by it. Yeah, I think so. So Goblin Chain Will is never going to come down earlier than turn three, like, ever, which uh, still does give you, like, plenty of time to, to do things with Lanoir Elves, so you can get that turn two with, like, Steel Leaf Champion, like, if you just get that draw, but you're losing out on so much sort of mid-game value from the Lanoir Elves that I, I just yeah I, I think that they're just not very playable like as long as the red decks and Goblin Chain Whirler are going to be about I mean you can play on turn 3 right like before turn 3 you can play on turn 2 Chain Whirler? yeah wow it's quite prospect <laughs> <laughs> oh, no no nobody's playing that card <laughs> yeah I know like you, you can yeah I guess so what's what's better than a turn 3 Chain Whirler? turn 2 Chain Whirler. Well, that's probably not though because you're playing Skirt Prospect when you're yeah, dead. No. <laughs> Which then dies to all the other chain miners. Yeah. Oh, it's just so bad. Yeah. Um yeah, this card's really good. And I mean it just won a pro tour. Yeah, pretty much. Like yeah, I think that's it. Like the the fact that it has first strike as well. It just randomly has first strike. <laughs> is a is a massive deal. Like uh, yeah. it just means that it's gonna be blocking like your opponent's scrap peep scroungers like all day long. Yeah, it's just gonna win on the ground, like all the time. Yeah, yeah. Well, Box is... among, the re- among the red decks, it just like it just wins every every brawl it gets in. Yeah, like it can it can trade off with your opponent's goblin chain roller, it's gonna block their scrap peep scroungers, it can crew your mm-hmm. heart of Kieran, like it, yep. it just it just does everything. It's everything you want in the, in the deck. Yeah, I do you think it's ban worthy? Uh no. <laughs> yeah. I But I thought it's it's a contentious topic and I think like every time something wins a pro tour, but well, nearly every time, people always ask for bans and yeah, like, of oh, course. it's too good. Yeah. So as if we we're not allowed to have good magic cards anymore. Yeah, totally. Um I mean it is like, you know, the seven red decks in the top eight. Yeah, exactly. I, I think I think we need more time to see how how the metagame can adjust to that. Like, mm-hmm. can yeah, you, can you play some sort of blue deck to, to get you around that? Like, are you going to be playing like white decks? Like, can we just play like like white weenie? Is that going to be a thing now? Like mono white yeah. or like Benelish Marshall to pump all your your one yeah. toughness creatures? I think the, the problem with white weenie is you're just you're playing a bad red deck, right? Yeah. Like the point the point with white weenie is you're playing all these like cheap and aggressive creatures. Yeah, but red just has better versions of all of them. Yeah, totally. Um, the fact that you can like pump them with the Benelish Marshal is just it, like it's not as good as Hazret, is it? <laughs> no, <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, like it, red put up a hell of like <laughs> Mountain was the most played card yeah. <laughs> for it all, um, far and away, and like it's just put up a ridiculous showing. Yeah, I think like I, I think it's fine to leave the format as it is and see what the the core set brings us. Like the, there could be something which which really sort of I don't know, like hampers Goblin Chain Willer in the core set or it mm-hmm. could go the complete opposite way and we get something silly like like Goblin Rabble Master or something and then suddenly 
Disney Goblins as a deck, and yeah. then maybe we'll do something about Chain Whirler. But I, I think as it stands um, currently, like yeah, like leave it alone. The formats, the formats fine. I think yeah, if, like, if you combine that with like the fact that the the black red decks and the aggro decks especially did did such a, a good showing at GP Birmingham, I think a lot of people were quite quick just to sort of copy that meta and see see you know took what happened there and sort of keep rolling with that. Mm-hmm. Combined with the fact that I feel like whenever a standard pro tour rolls around, like aggro decks are usually sort of favoured in the meta game anyway. Yeah, it's normally what happens. Yeah, it always sort of seems to be skewed more that way anyway. So I feel like there is a, a bit of an inbred sort of meta game. On, on the pro tour level that you might not see reflected across even across <coughs> GPs or like especially not something at like your FNM level yeah. so yeah I think yeah my overall opinion on Chain Weller is it's a very good card leave it be for now but keep yeah. an eye on it yeah I like I think it's absolutely fun yeah so I guess that leads fairly nicely into our just main topic of the of the week it does yeah so obviously this week being the pro tour dominaria thought what better time to do an episode on the pro tour yeah that, that, that makes a lot of sense yeah definitely <laughs> Uh, so I guess we'll start right from the start. So the the Pro Tour uh, it is the really the second highest form of competitive play uh, if you count sort of world championships uh, for Magic uh, the Gathering. Yeah. I'd say it's probably the the most popular format. Would you say um, as far as competitive yeah. play goes? Like yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah the Pro Tour. Like whether that means professional tour or promotional tour, there's a lot of debate about it because it means one of them, one of the other. Yeah, absolutely. Like they they do throw a lot of promo into it, and they always make a, a big deal about the Pro Tour and you do get to see some of the best Magic players in the world just just battle it out with some of the best decks. I mean, that's that's part of like the dream. For magic players, right? Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah, that's one hundred percent. Like when I play magic, like that's that's kind of like my end game, really. Like that's that's what I want to do. So mm-hmm. to get to the pro tour, there's a, a number of different ways you can get there, really. So, yeah, there's like uh, quite a few, but they're all quite difficult. Yeah, absolutely. So, like, I'd say most commonly you could qualify through your uh, the PPTQ system, your your local store. So your local gaming store should be running a PPTQ. If you mm-hmm. win your PPTQ, you'll that's a uh, preliminary Pro Tour qualifier. Yep. If you win that, uh, then you'll receive an invitation to the RPTQ, which is the regional Pro Tour qualifier. And then the top two of the RPTQ, depending on turnout, I know some RPTQs are awarded to top four, you get an invitation to the Pro Tour uh, mm. by putting a good result there which yep. is as you say it's it's not easy not easy at all I mean, you've got, yeah you've got to like win a tournament and then do incredibly well at another tournament and then you just get to the pro tour you don't absolutely get to the, like, yeah <laughs> uh, and then the other ways of doing it you can reach top 8 or have at least 39 man- match points uh, in, a, in a Grand Prix yep so that'll get you an invitation for the, the pro tour for, for that season mm-hmm. uh, or if you finish in the top 25 of the, the current pro tour uh, that'll yep. get you an invitation into the next pro tour yep. which again it's, it's not easy at all because it requires you to get there in the first place yeah and then you've got to like do well on the day yeah and getting to the pro tour is one thing but like actually playing well against the rest of the best players in the world yeah <laughs> totally so you, you'd need 33 match points essentially so it's equivalent to winning 11 of your, your 16 rounds against quite rightly the best magic players in the world mm-hmm very difficult uh, but yeah for those that do make it there are quite a, a good good re- rewards I'd say they usually give out a, yeah. Yeah, say a total of 240,000 in cash prizes so the first place will get $50,000 and then obviously that trickles down depending on, on your standings there pretty good yeah absolutely so in second place you're looking at about $20,000 third or fourth place $15,000 56th place $10,000 seventh to 16th $5,000 all the way down to if you come top Top sixty-four, you're still getting forty-nine to sixty-four. You're getting a thousand dollars, which probably cover your flights and hotel, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like that's really good for like just playing a card game. It's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's so sweet. I mean, you can. Uh, there's also PTQs, right? Still, technically. Yes. Yeah. PTQ is, is another way that you can qualify for it, and that would be usually run on the the final day of Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, very difficult to do, but if you win one of those, then you'll win an invitation to the the Pro Tour. Yeah. Um. I'm still yet to get one. Yeah. Probably because I don't play any Magic, <laughs> and I'm just really bad at Magic. <laughs> they are. They are very hard. So I. Yeah. I. It's very hard. In Magic is a very hard game. Uh, <laughs> I have. Yeah. Haven't come close at all. Like at all in the slightest. Like. Nope. Top 8 a couple of PPTQs, but that's as far as it goes currently. Like, mm-hmm. it absolutely always will be my, my goal to make it on the Pro Tour one day, but yep. whether that happens this year, whether that happens in you know, another 25 years, 
we'll see. I mean, we're going to win GP Liverpool, so don't worry about it. Yeah, sure. We'll do it then. It'll happen. Yeah. Yeah, we're just really good at magic. <laughs> Why do we have a podcast, Joe? Right? Yeah, sure. Why would we have a podcast if we weren't good at magic? <laughs> You can just let two idiots ramble about magic <laughs> for an hour. It's the power of the internet. <laughs> Anyone can do anything they want. Yeah. Uh, so listen for some reason. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So another another way to to get on the, the pro tour as well is you can qualify through the uh, the pro players club, um, which can mm-hmm. become a uh, you know, part of the the hall of fame. So anybody in the Magic Hall of Fame can be qualified for the, the pro tours. Yep. Uh, Magic Hall of Fame is something that is uh, it's announced every year, and that's something that is again is sort of drawn attention to at the pro tours as well. Like they always have a an announcement ceremony of who's going to be eligible for vote that year, and then uh, it should be the, the last pro tour of that season they'll be uh, inducting everybody who made it into the Hall of Fame and uh, you've got some just pretty fantastic players in the Hall of Fame mm-hmm. we've looking at like past five years even like last year you've got like Martin Huser Joshua Leighton a uh, year before like Yuo Watanabe and Owen Turtonwald were inducted yeah before that we've got like Willie Adel and Shota Yasuoka yeah before that you've got like Eric Froelich we've got Gwilym Wafatapa you know Ben Stark LSV Patrick Chapin just some of the just the best players that the game has ever had like there's a reason they're in the Hall of Fame I reckon I could beat him. Uh, I don't know about that. I reckon I could beat Pat Javen. Yeah, you think so? I could beat him in a game of magic, I reckon. Yeah. If I'm allowed to play vintage and he's playing standard, I could be fine. <laughs> Goblin Chain one is rubbish against Black Lotus. It <laughs> doesn't do anything. That's true, that's true. You can cast one and turn one off a of Black Lotus, though. Oh, dude, it's so good. Yeah. It's just busted in vintage. Yeah. I'm just broken it. <laughs> I've, got, I've got a lot more to say about that card, I swear. What, Black Lotus? Uh, um, no, I think everything that could be said about Black Lotus has probably been said by someone far more intelligent than I am. Sure. Uh, but Chain Whirler, oof, Yeah. I can talk for at least another, like, seven minutes about that card. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, back to the back to the Pro Tour. So the the format of the Pro Tour, uh, they they do sort of change them up and rotate them slightly. Yep. Uh, so for the the Pro Tour that we've just had, the had a combination of uh, Swiss rounds. We had sixteen Swiss rounds, and then a cut to top eight after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had in those sixteen Swiss rounds, we had six rounds uh, of draft. So three rounds of draft on day one, three rounds of draft on day two. Yeah. So yeah. So after you go through your your sixteen Swiss rounds, you will cut to the top eight, like as you would in sort of any other format. But right. It, Right at the proto, you really do have the sort of the, the cream of the cops that are rising, mm. and just like just to see some of the plays and some of the stories from proto runs right through each as each round goes on, it's absolutely fantastic. Some of the players you can do, like for example, I think one of the, the big stories coming out of this proto was was Reed Duke, mm-hmm. who like end ended day one going like X four, like at four losses. That's you know it's it's not great. Like he's a fantastic player, but that's not not great to be starting your day two with four losses. Yeah, you, that, that doesn't normally mean you're going to do well the rest of the tournament yeah absolutely like you're, you're probably going to you'll, yeah you'll play your rounds out if you're lucky you'll cash maybe yeah but yeah Reed Duke managed to like just win every single round on day two and managed to, he came 15th in the end mm-hmm after the, the round 16 standings like absolutely fantastic you've got like your top 8 of the tournament which we had like um, Kazuki Takamura on uh, red black midrange mm-hmm. Owen Turtonwald on red black aggro which is apparently different to red black midrange I don't think it is but okay <laughs> it's not at all in the slightest uh, you had uh, Goncalo Pinto on red black aggro mm-hmm. uh, you had Manuel Len um Manuel Lenz on mono red aggro. Yep. Thomas Hendricks on black red aggro. You had Marcio Carvalho on red black ad- aggro. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had Wyatt Darby on mono red aggro. And then all on his own, you had Ernest Lame on uh, Esper Control. See, I told you, Scarab got back. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, no, he got crushed right <laughs> uh, I don't know like crushed might be might be taking it a little too far but it was yeah there was no way he, he was going he was going to win the top yeah. 8 like so he, he was out in the first quarterfinals they had a had a, a decent game like they managed yeah. to go all the way to game 5 but yeah Marcio just pulled off the win went 3-2 in that yeah I mean like because so I've been thinking about this deck for a while like this was my sort of call as like one of the breakout decks of, of the Pro Tour yeah, yeah like blue black to fairy basically yeah the, the deck is blue and black and then you're splashing literally for just two copies of Teferi in the main deck yeah totally and then um, Ernest has a Forsake the Worldly yep an interesting inclusion and a Settle the Wreckage in the sideboard yeah uh, which is really greedy uh, to be splashing a double white card yeah when your cards that cast it are Glacial Fortress Isolated Chapel and Aetherhub and one um, planes. Oh, there's planes. My there's bad. Single, oh, single planes. Yeah, it's absolutely fine. There's a single plane <laughs> in the deck. I'm a complete idiot. <laughs> um, yeah, like it's like the Scarab Guard. I feel like it matches up fairly well against the mono, the the red black mid range deck. 
Yeah, totally. Which I've always known as one copy in the top eight. Yeah. Because um, that was the... Um, like, I suppose it differs from the aggro deck because it's not playing the Wobot Couriers, basically. Yeah. It's a shoot the one drops. In order to play longer games, it's playing, like, four Glory Bringers. Yeah. Uh, three Glory Bringers. Um, so you're trying to, like, get to the long game and win in that way. Yeah. Which is generally better against the, the red-black aggro deck. Yeah, sure. With playing Wobot because you're just going bigger. Um, but, like, the the blue control decks generally can't beat the, the Wobot Courier starts and stuff like that. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, Scarab come back. I think... I wouldn't be surprised to see more of it. Yeah, I, I would agree. I, I think that's... It's possibly one way you can sort of take it to sort of counter this this big mono red or this you know red black aggro thing that we're, we're seeing like mm-hmm. scarab god is notoriously difficult to deal with yep it's got a pretty good body five five like it's gonna block most things in the format yep and yeah like that ability on it is, is fairly good as well like yeah you can like kill your opponents like glory ringers and stuff and then like bring them back use them against them like that's pretty cool yeah it's just it's an interesting it's an interesting play like in this format it's very strange like it's almost as if every card has to pass the vanilla test yeah absolutely and, and nuts on top yeah. Um, it's like the Scarab, like a 5 mana 5 hub is fine, and then it's like, you know, ridiculous ability. Yeah. Goblin Chain Weather is a 3 mana 3 3. Yeah. And like, it just has a ridiculous ability that will <laughs> win you the game. Um, all these cards just seem like, in, like they're incredibly efficiently costed, and then just have like nuts haymaker abilities. Yeah, totally. Um, like the end of the battlefield and do something nuts, or like they have like the Scrap Priest Scrounger, which like just has inbuilt value yeah. as well as being a 2 mana 3 2. And that seems where the format's going. Like, So I'm not sure if Scarab can actually compete, but it's definitely playable. Yeah, definitely. I say, yeah, I mean, un- only one copy out of, you know, eight decks in the, in the top eight there, but mm-hmm. I think I think they definitely might be onto something there, but, yeah, if you look at, like, the rest of the top eight, how that went, like, yeah, you've got, like, Owen Turton World went, like, 3-0 in the quarterfinal, like, Wyatt Derby 3-1 the quarterfinal, mm. yeah, Carlo Pinto 3-1 the quarterfinal, and then you get the semifinals, and it was, like, Pinto versus Carvalho, like, 3-1 to Pinto fairly easily, like, Wyatt Derby and Turton World, like, fairly easily to the mono-red deck, surprisingly, like, I think yeah. Owen just had some issues where, like, he, he wasn't drawing the land, like, he just was having a few deck issues where, like, Wyatt Derby quite rightly pointed out, like, I'm playing mountains, like, all of my lands come in untapped. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, it's absolutely fine. Don't get fancy and just make your opponent dead. Yeah, but then just that... Just that... strikes and just get them dead. Totally. And then yeah. you, you had the final, see the black-red aggro deck from uh, Giancarlo Pinto against uh, Wyatt Derby's mono-red deck, and mm-hmm. it looked like from the start that Wyatt Derby was just going to win like three 0 Like it's just going to absolutely smash him. Like the first two <clears> games before sideboards, it was like yeah, easy, easy, really easy victories. Yeah. And then Pinto managed did manage to bring it back, uh, win the next two games, and then it was it was so close. Like they're yeah. going back and forth in, in the last game, and Pinto sat there on eleventh health it's Derby down to one health you know they both have, have, a, have a bit of a board presence but like yeah like Pinto's got a, a couple and chain weller on the field like there's you know he's got something else he can block with there and off the top Derby draws a glory bringer mm-hmm. literally the only card in his deck that would have got him out of that situation to turn it around to win that so good casts the glory bringer to combat exerts it kills his creature gets in for exactly 11 damage like so winning the pro tour on one health that's amazing it, yeah it was, it was, I mean that's the most red thing can possibly do right absolutely like it was it was just a really really just like intense moment like the game was fantastic and it was just, just what a way to end to end the weekend like yeah glory bring it off the top fantastic it's really sweet um i think yeah i think it's generally that matchup i'm really on the mono red deck yeah i agree yeah, fully like you're not messing about with your lands, like literally 24 mountains, just get them in your deck. Yeah. Everything comes on it untapped, so you don't have to mess about with canyon slows or anything like yeah. <clears throat> the white phase draw. You just cast a one drop, then a two drop, and then just like. And you have the burn spells, so you have shocks and uh, lightning strikes, which is a red bat decks attending to issue. Yeah, totally. Just like, running run through his, his deck quickly, it's like four Soul Scar Mage, three Wilmot Courier, four Earthshaker Kenra, two Carry Zev, four Goblin Chain Weller, two Hand Crop Crusher, four Hazaret, three Rekindling Phoenix, three Shock. Four braid, three lightning strike, twenty-four mountains. Sweet. And then the sideboard's like three Chandra's defeat. Obviously, great card for sideboard. Yep. Three glory bringer, three fight with fire, two Ephisphere harvester, three Chandra torture defiance, and then one treasure map, which he said he was going to get rid of straight away because all it did this weekend <laughs> was give him a warning in day one. Really? Yeah, you got a warning from a judge for incorrectly transforming it. Oh, what happened? I didn't catch that. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I don't think it was on 
on coverage or anything. It was uh, it was in a, the interview after with uh, with BDM. I was saying, oh, if there's anything that could have gone differently for you this weekend, or whatever, how did sideboard, whatever, what are you going to do with this deck? Like, is it perfect? And he was just like, first thing, I'm going to take that treasure map out because it did nothing for me but get me a warning in day one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it seems a bit of a weird inclu- inclusion, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess for like your grindy matchups. Yeah, totally. Like, it, yeah, I think it, it makes like it makes a little sense of why you you would include it because that like that scry one, scry your lands away, dig to the cards mm-hmm. that you need, and then eventually it'll transform into treasure. Like, uh, I don't know, but yeah, like I said, he, he's he's getting he's going to get it out of the sideboard ASAP. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see maybe another glory bringer in there, considering how, how well it went from this weekend. Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, yeah, glory bringer is like has been a standout card of the weekend. Yeah, absolutely. It continues to be great. You say, I think. You know, Chain Whirler probably is is the card of the weekend, but Glorybringer is a very very close second. Like, yeah. Ever since that card was released, it's done a lot of work, and it's not slowing down anytime soon. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, like I want to get back to your Goblin Chain Whirler just briefly. Sure. I think it might be a mistake. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's banworthy, but I, it it looks like a cyborg card. Yeah, you think so? When you look at it, like it looks the same. It's it's a similar thing, a similar trajectory with um, from Paging Frostodon. Yeah. When the red decks were playing that before it was banned. Yeah. It uh, started off in the sideboard against like a tokens matchup. Yeah. And then people were playing like two copies of the main deck. Yeah. Then three, and then it was just correct to play four cards, four of that card in the main deck when it looked like a sideboard card. Yeah. Chainwell also looks like a sideboard card for uh, when you're playing against X ones. Yeah. Yeah, like, I guess so. Like Lanarav decks or token decks or like Sapring decks, if that's a thing. Yeah. And it's just four, four of the main deck. Um, and it just it's just gone straight in and it's just causing havoc. Yeah. Um, and especially off the back of, uh, off the back of Frostodon. Yeah. Just feels like an oversight when they've had like a three drop, three three band um, in from the red deck being egregious. And then they release another one which is like very, very similar, feels a similar similar slot, but just sort of just fit in the deck where Frostodon left. Yeah, I I think so. I think like the issues are with it. I think the the fact that it has first strike is is it is the issue is the main issue I think really like mm-hmm. if you're playing in a format where you know there's going to be a lot of things uh, you know, there's going to be like a lot of decks playing like um, scrap heap scrounger and stuff mm-hmm. and like any any of the aggro decks really yeah if you know you're going to be playing against any aggro decks having like a three three with first strike is pretty good against any of the aggressive cards yeah like. Because I mean, in this in this top eight, like this, um, you know, this incredibly red top eight, like the only creature doesn't beat on the ground is Hazaret. Yeah, totally. And then just Chain Whirler just holds ground, like is just the best creature on the ground. Yeah. Um, and, oh, I, just don't I think know, it just seems... yeah, I think it's like a combination of getting that first strike and then the so the mana cost of, of red, red, red mm-hmm. is something that I feel like would would usually be a, a bit of a, a hindrance to a card because yeah. it's very difficult to splash. But the decks that want to be playing this card, like. Like, they're not splashing it. Like they're they're good and powerful anyway, and it just slots into those decks. Yeah, like it should be prohibitive, but it's just not. Yeah, absolutely. Because I feel like any of the other, like apart from maybe Steel Leaf Champion cards that are like you know the color 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 cards, mm-hmm. are just just far more like you say prohibitive. Yeah, like that. I think that actually worked because hmm. so I mean for Tempest Gin and Dreadshade. Yeah, it's sort of in their design that you have to be playing the mono color, and you have like. Yeah, yeah, you have to play those those monocolor decks, and those monocolor decks aren't particularly good or powerful. Yeah, whereas like the mono red deck was just nuts anyway. Yeah, <laughs> and then you just gave it this card because I mean, like this this deck is unchanged. Yeah, from previous iterations, like before Dominaria, except it's got four Goblin Chain Whirlers, and I mean this one's got Fight with Fire on the sideboard, which yeah. is sweet. Um, but yeah, like this deck's been great for ages. And they just suddenly gain like a nuts three drop. Yeah, and it's a little bit concerning. Um, I just like, especially off the back of like off the back of Frostodon and like that being a problem. And yeah, uh, I, yeah. I I, un- I understand why there may be some concern about it, but mm-hmm. again, I, th- I think it is still just just too early at this point. Like yeah, sure. Like the format, will you know, like stuff. like anything, like dies to removal, like dies to counter magic. Like mm-hmm. it's 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 not a perfect card. Like I I don't quite think it's broken. I just think it's it like very powerful like probably should be a mythic powerful yeah but I, I do definitely think we should keep an eye on it like i don't i don't know like I, I don't think i would have a massive problem if it was banned but yeah i don't think it's i, I think it's still too early to say for sure whether or not it should be i just think like because normally when we go when, when we're going into a proto weekend we sort of expect some innovation yeah totally um, we expect like a breakout deck we expect like one of the pros to come up with some nonsense and just destroy the format yeah um, but this is the, the the red aggro decks like either in red black or in mono red 
have been a known quantity for weeks now. Yeah, absolutely. I think like the, still no one could beat it. Yeah, no, and the, there wasn't really like a new sort of deck or like an innovative deck like outside of the mm-hmm. the blue green Khan uh, deck that Channel Fireball were playing. Yeah, like there wasn't really anything new anybody brought to the table. I mean, like if we just basically look at the. Uh, like the meta game breakdown. Yeah. Um. So so get like so day two. Yeah. So we have um red black mid range. Yeah. So the non bow macro version, it's fourteen point eight percent red black aggro, which like these were very similar decks. Yeah. Um. And they're just like one of them is issuing the aggressive one drops. Yeah. Sort of in order to beat the mirror. Yeah. Because it gets bigger and gets to go harder. Um. Which is like fourteen one percent for the aggro deck, and then mono red aggro is thirteen point one percent. Yeah. It's so like chain wheeler decks are. Oh, I can't do maths. <laughs> <laughs> uh, chain wheeler decks. It was something are, like like almost forty percent of the meta. Like yeah, yeah any, anything but like playing black red aggro or like mono red aggro, it worked out to be about forty percent of the meta in total. Yeah, forty percent of a day two meta is is Chen Weller. Yeah, because um, I mean, I, I, you know, obviously we haven't seen all the deck lists, but you can guarantee that all those decks are playing Chen Wellers. Yeah, totally. Um, and then like the drop off to the next most played deck, like in in day two, is black green constrictor at seven point nine. Yeah, and um, like. That's just nuts. I think it was, if it's the, the list that I'm thinking of, I think it's actually blue-white, because it separates them into, like, blue-white to fairy and blue-white controllers. Oh, sure, sure, sure. And it yeah, makes, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. It makes but even then, it only makes up, like, 12, 15% or something. Yeah, you got white, yeah, white-blue to fairy, white-blue control. Yeah. Uh, sure. So, yeah, that's slightly more. No, that, it looks like the same. It's the same amount. Yeah. Blue-white to fairy is 4.5, and white-blue control is 3.4, which added together... 7.9 yeah yeah true so and then we also have Steel Leaf Stumpy yeah same on that deck I, I don't know why anyone was still playing that deck yeah um, I mean there was there were there were definitely there was definitely like at least a copy in like the 27-24 point <laughs> deck lists yeah but yeah like when you've got so many so many Goblin Chain Wellers around like your Lanoir Elves aren't going to do anything like yeah and I mean you can just see it in like in the conversion rates of these decks yeah so the red decks so the the, the red black mid range and the mono red deck like had 75 and 89 percent uh, so 70 75 and 75 percent uh conversion rates between the two days yeah um and then like the blue white decks had like less than 60 percent each yeah and you can just see what they're losing to because they're just losing to these like aggressive draws yeah totally um and i believe like they, they've they've designed these decks to try and beat the red the red decks but like <sighs> i'm not sure if it's a good thing that this known deck that's been good for like long be- long before dominaria yeah for this format, it, it's still unbeatable. Yeah, I, I think so. You can't get all the best play, all the best budget players in the world to design a deck that's just better than mono red. Yeah, which is wild to me, especially because the format's so old. And like normally, if it's a pro tour that's happened just after release, that's sort of expected. Yeah, totally. Um, that people haven't like been able to solve it, but like we've had this format for well, I mean, when did Dominaria come out? Like uh, almost like six, almost six weeks ago now, I think. Yeah. Yeah, we like we've had this format. We've had GPs of this format and like high level events, like you know, SCG events and stuff like yeah. that um, and it's still not changed and I find that a little bit strange I mean I could just be wrong I could be reading a lot more into it and it could just massively adapt next week and like the Scarabo decks or the Teferi decks are just nuts and like yeah, that's th- what is going forward but it just seems weird that like this sort of known uh, format hasn't been changed yeah I mean I think it's because we, ha- we haven't really had like we haven't really had many like standard GPs like mm-hmm. Although yes, like the pros have been able to test for ages on like on Magic Online and stuff, and yes, sure. you have got like Star City tours and stuff, but we haven't we haven't really had many GPs, and then combine it with like the pro tour meta game. Typically, I think I feel like when it's standard, like it always is skewed towards sort of a more aggro, yeah, more aggro format anyway. And then if combine that with the fact that there is already a known very good aggro deck, mm-hmm. it's like well why play anything else like I know this deck's going to be good like I know I'm going to be on like you know 60-70% win rate with this deck yeah. that's fine I don't need to test much for this let's just jam as much limited as I can so I can 3 nub both limited segments like yeah and I guess that's I guess that's part of the problem is like why would I bother playing anything else yeah yeah exactly why would I bother innovating why would I bother trying to make something that's better than yeah. this deck that when like I don't stuff. need to like just just play the best deck yeah and like god knows who can turn up with white black um, the white black vehicles there, but <laughs> yeah. they, made, they made an error. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's interesting. 
Um, we'll just have to see how the format goes, and like I'm not sure where it does go. To be honest with you. Yeah, totally. Like, uh, I, th- I think it's it's anyone's guess really. Like, either it just continues down this this black red mono red. You know, which one's better? Which one's going to be the best deck plan for like the next couple of months until we get the the core set? And maybe we get something interesting there, mm-hmm. or maybe we will try to see some some innovation and try to see a bit of a, a shift in in the meta. Like, I I personally I think we'll we'll keep trying blue white. I think for a bit like you've got your counter spells to answer things like if you're not playing any creatures and Goblin Chain Waller doesn't really do that much there like mm-hmm. you've got Seal Away you've got Fumigate you've got Settle the Wreckage Cast Out like you've got ways to deal with the problematic creatures like Hazaret and you've, you've got ways to deal with sort of the, the massive amount of sort of really cheap aggro creatures that you're going to be facing as well so I'm going to keep giving that a go but yeah, yeah. I don't know I feel like as the weeks are going on Nationals are, are drawing closer like I'm I'm very close to just taking Mono Red to Nationals. Yeah, that's the thing. It's just the best deck, right? Yeah, quite probably. I mean, you just, just won the Pro Tour, like, literally an hour ago or so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it's... Um, I don't know. Where do, like, where do we go from here? Like, honestly, rather than just, like... It's, it's so... Suppose we're just going to jam the best deck, and that's perfectly reasonable. Yeah. That's probably what, like, what should happen. But if you had to pick a deck that was going to prey on this, you'd think Blue-White? I... Yeah, I, I think so. I think... Yeah, I think Blue-White or... Yeah, probably just Blue-White, I think, to be honest. Like, mm-hmm. yeah... Like you've got so much value in, in cards like Fumigate and Settle the Wreckage. Like yeah. Cast Out deals with like most threats. Mm-hmm. Uh, Teferi is a great card. Yeah. And then like you can even just like just jam like one or two copies of Approach of the Second Sun. Like sure. they've got yeah. no counter magic to deal with any of that. Mm-hmm. Like especially the mono red decks probably aren't going to be playing Field of Ruin. Yeah. And then yeah, like even like the gain seven life off that is is pretty valuable, I think, against I've mono red. Lost, and... lost games playing mono red against like approach and just losing to the seven. Yeah, totally. Seven and then like yeah, sure, maybe we'll see like you know, like Gideon in the trials see some more play now and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I think mean, blue white like approach at least has like some some good answers in the sideboard. You got like regal caracal with all the life gain and stuff, and even like torrential gearhawks maybe, but. I don't know. We'll we'll see. I think we'll see. I think yeah. I think I I probably want to be on blue black. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, uh, I think, uh, like you said, like, I think white blue is probably going to pick like tick up. Yeah, sure. Because it seems like it has a good red magic. Like if you want to if you want to beat them rather than join them, yeah, you're probably going to be on white blue. And white blue black has a great match against blue white. Yeah, absolutely. I like playing between seven and eight Rascal's Contempts because yeah. you've got your gear hulks, just feels really good. Yeah, definitely. Shores you up against the the red black mid range deck at least because yeah. like sometimes they can just have uh, like. The aggro version or the red deck can just have like aggro starts you just can't beat. Yeah, um, totally. I just want to play Scarabods. <laughs> yeah, that's Scarabods <laughs> great. I think, yeah, Scarabods still still a very good, still a very respectable card, and I, th- I think there could definitely be something there. Like in as far as like blue black goes, like Scarabod is great. Like your black sideboard options give you give you plenty plenty yeah, of yeah, really absolutely. good cards as well. Uh, you've even got like your Bontu's Last Reckoning to like deal with like any amount of like you know like a bunch of creatures on the battlefield. Yeah, you've definitely. got your counter magic there as well, and yeah, like I said, that Vraska's Contempt just to just to exile cards like Hazaret, like Rekindle and Phoenix, those problematic cards that are just fairly difficult to deal with. Yeah, I think it's just like Rascal, I, I probably want to be playing Rascal's Contempt. Yeah. And then I'd probably go for the Asper version because Teferi's just one of the, like, I think Teferi's the most powerful card in standard. I don't think it's the best card in standard because I still think that's Chain Whirler. Yeah. Um, because of the meta and because of how it, like, it basically how it shakes out because of the wrinkles of the format. But like, I think Teferi's the most powerful card you can play in standard right now. Yeah, quite possibly. Yeah. I, I think I might just try to work. Yeah, it, it, to me it's just a good card. I mean, it's like <laughs> a really good card in modern as well. Yeah. So yeah, I'd I'd probably be on the Esper deck. I mean, probably probably very similar to one of the top eight, despite the fact I just got you know beaten by red decks. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, the process has been sweet. Yeah, I think it's been absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. Would yeah. totally recommend like checking it out. Like if if anybody didn't watch any of it this weekend, like it's I think most of it will still be available on, on Twitch, and uh, they should be putting the matches up on their YouTube page at some point this week as well. Yeah, that's uh, what we're doing this week. Just yeah. catching the bits I've missed. Cause... It was so good. So. Yeah. Yeah, if you had any sort of highlights from the weekend or any cool plays, any cool decks, any you know cool interviews or whatever you, you saw, you want to get in touch, let us know about them. It's facebook.com slash hrefdcast. That's at hrefdcast on Twitter as well there. Um, mm-hmm. Or just hit us up on our, our personal uh, page as well. I'm just Joe Loudon on Twitter or at peachgardenoaf. That's over with an F on Twitter as well. If you search Sneal, S-N-E-A-L on Facebook, you can find me. Awesome. Feel free to do that or Sneal69 on Twitter. Hey. Remember 
remembered it this time. <laughs> Love 420, that's my murder name every time. But yeah, yeah I, I, just hit us up and have a chat and talk about stuff. And Yeah, absolutely. Like, just tell us how, how wrong we are about the Pro Tour or how, how right we are. And, you know, we've, I think we've got a, quite an interesting Pro Tour format coming next time. So next time it's going to be uh, Pro Tour 25. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's a special anniversary one they're doing where uh, it's going to be team trios and it's going to be three different formats so we're going to have of modern standard and legacy yeah it's going to be so sweet legacy at the pro tour is something that i cannot wait for yeah i'm already really excited yeah so if you if you need any cards to finish off your legacy decks buy them now they're not going to be any cheaper <laughs> now after the pro tour <clears throat> dude i've sold some jewel lands yeah price the price yeah i i've been looking at i got them it's nuts I've been looking at my dual lands today, but I'm I, I'm never going to get rid of them. Like I've still got savannas. Good, good. What else could what else could I possibly need? Yeah. Savannas. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> um, I did just want to give. Speaking of like contacting us, a, a shout out to Pete Ward for listening to this podcast. Yeah, shout out Pete Ward. Yeah, he, he said it wasn't the worst podcast he'd ever listened to. Awesome, that's good. Which is an absolutely a ringing endorsement. Let's uh, see if that changes after this week's episode. Yeah, thanks, Pete Ward. Um, next time I see you at an event, just tell me that you thought the podcast was crap, and that's fine. <laughs> anyway, moving on. <laughs> yeah, moving on. I think, obviously, we talked a bit about the, the Pro Tour there, and sort of very basic of the, of the ins and outs, and how you can qualify for it, and what the mm-hmm. prizes are, and listen all that. And I think uh, next, we'll probably let's do a, a, a What the Deck this week, which will be Pro Tour-themed. Yep. So it didn't really do very well, but I think it was one of the more interesting decks of the format that I saw that I'm quite interested to, to build and just take to an FNM. Yeah, I mean, it's it's innovation that didn't pay off, but it's innovation, so that's something. Sort of. It's uh, it's definitely a, a variation on a theme, I think. So it's a mm-hmm. still a mono-red deck, but it's a bit of a budget build, this one. Um, currently at uh, about $89, 90 t- uh, $90 on uh, MTG Goldfish, or it's about 94 ticks online. Do we do we think this was a budget consideration? Do you think someone turned up to the Pro Tour with a budget deck because they couldn't afford? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I, I think it's I think it's accidentally budget. I don't think budget is the intention <laughs> of the deck. Like man, I've got to play in the Pro Tour, but I can't afford rekindling phoenixes. Yeah. So. I'm gonna have to build this. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we've got uh, mono red flame. Is our what the deck this week? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is uh, it's a mono red aggro deck as you know they did very well in the pro tour yep. uh, this one takes a slightly different sort of turn you've got four copies of soul scar mage four copies of bomat courier you've got three carry zev skyship raider four goblin chain whirler former all-star yep uh, you've got Three Gitu Lava Runner. Okay. Uh, two Earth Shaker Kenra. Three Hazaret the Fervent. Four copies of Shock. Four Lightning Strike. Four Wizards Lightning. Uh, then you've got the key card in the deck. That's four Flame of Keld. And then Great. to round it all out, you've got 21 Mountains. Sick. Nice and simple. Nice and straightforward. It was played by uh, Mark, Mark, Tob- Mark Tobias. Mark Tobias. Not quite sure how, exactly how you pronounce that. So apologize for mm-hmm. butchering his surname. But you uh, was watching it in an interview with him when he was explaining the deck. And he was saying like it tends to sort of get the edge over like the other mono red decks. Like yeah, it seems a little bit more aggro. It's yeah, it just seems to get there like a bit faster. Like using that flame of Keld to like uh, you know discard your hand when you got a hazard out. Like draw two cards and like he was saying that like he's, he's like won on like turn three with the deck by playing like with the uh, Shaker Kenras and like the Wizards Lightnings and stuff. And it seems like it's one of those decks that can it can just get there like really fast. Mm-hmm. I mean like. Having all your removal spells go to the face seems really important. Yeah, exactly. Like, absolutely. Just get them dead quick. Yeah. And then, like, if you can... You play your, th- your Flame of Keld, right? And if you can cast, like, uh, like two Lightning Strikes... Like, it bumps your Lightning Strikes up to, like, five damage for two mana. It's pretty good. Like, five to the face for two. That's sweet. Like, mm-hmm. your Goblin Chain Whirlers, they come down. They're going to do three damage to everything. Like, that's really cool. So, I might yeah. the stack up. Yeah. That just sounds really sweet. Yeah, I think it's just... It's, super fast super aggro just all in mono red deck like I say mm-hmm. it, it didn't do too well I, I do think that it might stand a, a fairly decent chance against the, the standard like mono red deck builds but I, I, I can see I can see why it would lose to like the, the black red aggro or even like yeah. some of the other decks in the formats do we know why like was it a poor showing in constructed or was it a poor showing limited that means he didn't do well uh, I think it was a, a more of a poor show in constructed than limited. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, which uh, I think like like is is understandable, right? Like especially if you, mm-hmm. if it comes against like, like so many 
Goblin Chain Whirlers were being played at the weekend, and yeah. you've got a deck that's running like four Beaumont Couriers, you know, four Silscar Mage, and then it's like it's got uh, Shaker Kenra's, like it's just, just cards that are going to have a really difficult time against Goblin Chain Whirler. Yeah, and I guess very few of his cards actually beat the Chain Whirler in combat. Yeah, that's it. Like, yeah, sure, you can remove it with your Lightning Strikes and your Wizard's Lightning, but. Yeah. Even the point of those in this deck are just to aim at the face. Yeah, you're just going to get, like, yeah, I mean, your chain is just going to beat them. Because your chain is face off, and then he doesn't have, like, the Phoenixes or, like, the Glorybringers to, like, close out the game, and the board gets gummed up. Yeah, totally. Um, so, you're trading off. Yeah, so I, I wouldn't expect to do amazingly with this deck, but I've, it's definitely an interesting deck. It's quite a strange deck. I think it, it kind of fits that what the deck character category, I think. Like,. Does it have any Siege Gang Commanders in the 75? Uh, I'm unsure. I'm unsure of the sideboard currently. I've only got a copy of the main board. They haven't I just re- want to have... Yeah, they haven't released the, the full deck list for it yet. just want to have a Flavor of Kelden play and play... Um, play a Siege Gang Commander. That's yeah, amazing. absolutely. Value. Like that's, I it would would assume it will do for like the sort of slower mm-hmm. matchups. But really yeah, I I like the deck a lot. Like I'm definitely gonna like I've got pretty much all of the deck anyway. Like I might need mm-hmm. like another chain whirl or something. But you and everyone else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm going to sleeve it up and take it FNM and see how that goes. Yeah, it's great. Sweet. Great. Awesome. So, do you have an end step story for this uh, this week? Uh, no. That is not a problem. So, once yeah. again, it looks like we are approaching the second hour. It's all about all we have time for this week on Hour of Devastation. Uh, thanks for joining us. We hope you've learned something about the Pro Tour, or at the very least, <laughs> been entertained about, with, with our ramblings. Like, as we said earlier, like if you want to get in touch, like if you think Goblin Chain Willer should be banned in standard, come at us. Like, let, let me know why. Know. Absolutely. <laughs> Like let, let us know what, why we're wrong. Like if you think Khan <laughs> Sign of Urza should be banned, let us know why we're wrong. Like totally. Yeah. Um, again, like uh, Twitter.com or like slash HFDcast or HFDcast on Facebook as well, or just HFDcast at gmail.com. Send us some contact. Get in touch. And I think we are once again. We are approaching the second hour. The God Pharaoh has returned. So we'll see you once again next week on Hour of Devastation. Bye. Bye.